I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome in to episode number 303, Don't Trust a Hoe, Never Trust Me. That's too wide of a reference. <laughs> the band That's 303. For me, yeah. Because I'm a vegetarian and I ain't fucking scared of him. Oh, man. Man. This... <laughs> <laughs> if you get that reference... Leave a comment in the YouTube comment section. But it is episode 303 of the award-nominated, honorably mentioned, number nine NCAA ranked, and of course viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB. It's Deej. We hope everybody had a happy, healthy, and safe holiday as we get set for the new year. Final episode of 2023. And, uh... We're going to get into a loaded week of NLL action. The PLL schedule releases on the horizon. We've got some PLL hot stove uh, news to dive into as well. Whatever the hell else pops into our brains like it normally does. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. We have a small little Threads community going teach we got to get you over there it's it's like the uh it's like the the meme of the guy walking up to the glass window and the cats and i'm gonna get you out of there i'm gonna get you out I'm, we're gonna get you in <laughs> yeah you're gonna get me in the thread we're gonna get you in the threads it, it is i will say threads has drastically improved its user interface and just like user ability since its release over the summer there's a lot of good features on it, and I think we can take over lacrosse threads better than anybody. Ah, now you're talking. I need I need to go full-on Avengers Assemble, and I need to hear you say, on your left, and you pop out with the whole squad, and we're ready to take on lacrosse threads. Could you imagine? Just boom, and there's like five people next to me. Uh, running you, lacrosse. I mean, I mean, Greg Beast is over there. Okay. Greg Beast is killing okay. it over there. Okay. So we we got a little we got a little footprint on lacrosse threads. Might, um, need, to, might need to make that jump. You got me boy, back on Instagram. I did, and it's it's so nice, Deej, because you can post threads, and then you can share them to your Instagram story. So if you got like a 
a spicy take, if you got something that you think needs to be seen by the masses, because not everybody that's on Instagram is on threads and, you know, you need an Instagram account to be on threads. So then it's like, boom, there you go. And then they see it's like, oh, what's this? And then, boom, they're on threads. And then they start following you because you got these spicy lacrosse takes. You know? You might have just convinced me to get on threads. It's fire. I, I like scrolling on threads now because, like, there is the following and the for you tab now, which is also nice. Because when threads first came out, it was just the wild, wild west. There was no, like knowing who you were following versus who was on your timeline and stuff like that. Now there is, but the, the for you is very curated to like hit your likes, which is nice. And they just added the hashtag feature. So you can tag posts with like one tag and it helps your algorithms. It's a good time. It's a good time. He's going through all the Doctor Strange permutations for all the people listening on the audio. I'm glad you could see it going through. My <laughs> <laughs> How many different ways does this play out and which one's bad? For me? <laughs> so far, I haven't found any bad ones. But like I said, it, I may end up on threads very, very soon. And the boy Hoots is over there. Okay. He's doing his thing on threads. So we, we, got, we got OTB listeners over there. We got over 100 followers on the OTB Threads account, too. Okay. How? I don't know. But it is our second most Threads account in the company behind F1 Underground as over 3,600. Yeah, they're they're balling over there. They're balling. Different. They're different. Um, they're- so fo- follow us on there and uh, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore Next Great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast in audio form. It really does help the show continue to grow, helps more people find outside the box, helps more people, uh, you know, just search for our show in general and lets us be the number one lacrosse podcast on the goddamn planet. So go subscribe, leave a five-star review and subscribe to the underground sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show. Every single week you get clips, shorts, live streams, full video episodes of every show on our network. And I mean that PLL schedule release is coming on new year's day. I'm more than likely working at the day job. So, uh, you know, maybe when I get home from the day job, maybe just maybe if y'all keep subscribing. If we if we can get to our our next implemented installed goal of 725 subscribers before the ball drops on New Year's Eve, which as we do tradition wise, we we run the uh, the gambit and have the the live subscriber count going on our social channels all night long. Um, that will be going again. If we get to 725, we'll do OTB radio New Year's Day. Oh. How about that to talk about the schedule? Okay. OTB radio if we get to 725 or more subscribers before the ball drops. Um, So don't drop the ball, and you'll get OTB radio. Look at that. That's how you rework a sentence. You see what I did? Waka waka. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We are currently at 703 subscribers, so keep subscribing on that road to 1K and uh, beyond, of course, because eventually we want want that silver play button hanging up in the studio when we get to 100K. 
Um, so go subscribe and get your merch at phiapparel.co, our exclusive merch partners, the best in the game. Get your Outside the Box podcast merch if you want to support us directly and you want to see us continue doing awesome stuff all across season long, which is pretty much all year long now from NLL to college to PLL. Subscribe and get your merch. phiapparel.co. Fill up your cart. Get your Outside the Box podcast merch. Get your Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch. If you're a Philly sports fan, get your Philly sports merch as well. And when you go to check out Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. It is the most effective and direct way to support us. Really helps us, you know, continue to grow and, and helps us do awesome stuff for and with you guys. So get your merch. And when you get it, tag us, tweet at us. We'll repost it. PHIapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND, 10% off your order. Deej, what's popping, brother? It's the last episode of 2023. It's the last episode of 2023. Um I'm actually super pumped for 2024. Like, I think 2024 is going to be amazing. Like, I told you yesterday, the old me is back. Like, just on this new year old me shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the, not the new me. Old me. Old me. I got my juice back. I'm hilarious. Like, you just, just I know. Got my juice back. 2024 is going to be great for 2024, all of year of the juice. I mean, yes. Yes. Get your juice now. Get your juice now. If, if you need some help on where to find yours, hit me up. My DMs are open. Everything's open. Just hit me. Now I'll give you the full rundown, and we'll find what helps, what works for you. Let's remember, everything's a little bit different for everybody out there. So what works for me may not work for you, but I'm here to help you find your juice. And 2024 is going to be fantastic. I mean, the first thing is, I'm going to try and make it to Toronto. But the thing that's holding me is I'm not sure if they got everything figured out from that car that drove into the border. I don't know if you saw that. There's a car that drove that drove into the border over in the New York area by Niagara Falls. I mean, just just took off and just slammed into the, the building. So, like, I was going to go take the long way and go through New York, stop at Niagara Falls because I haven't been ever in my life go to the game in Toronto, hang out there, and then drive back through Detroit and go toll road back home, which is surprisingly four hours slower or faster, four hours faster. So that's the plan. But if New York's not open, then that will get delayed until – there's no point in going all the way over there if I don't go see the Niagara Just take one of those wood barrels and go down the falls and take your way, <laughs> like the, the old vintage way. Are, are the falls connected to the ocean? Uh, that's a great question. I'm going to say no. Uh, for some reason, I feel like they are. It is. And. Do they know what kind of animals are in the falls? Like what what exists in the falls? That, that's that's the bigger question here is uh the water flows from streams and rivers that empty into the Great Lakes from Lake Superior down through Niagara to Lake Ontario then into the St. Lawrence River to the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, it goes Definitely to not, the ocean. Not going to happen for me. 
no. Because if I accidentally end up in the ocean, I'm just going to die there. <laughs> I can't just handle become it. a pirate. I, no. I can't. Deej Sparrow. I can't handle the ocean. I, I mean, I can, I could be a pirate on a ship that's docked, like one of the restaurants or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That That's perfect. Dude, you could run around like Jack Sparrow with fucking rum in your hands. How do you do? <laughs> you are ridiculous. I, I've got to go to the falls. Dude, tell me being, being a pirate with that, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, that little monkey that was on Captain Barbosa's shoulder, too. Tell me that's not one of the most badass, like, statues of, like, statues of power. Like, you're just walking around. You have, you have a tiny, ass, like, you don't have a parrot. You have a monkey. That's ready us. to ready to attack. That's us. I'm your monkey. Like, you stop. Perfect. Pause. <laughs> I, bro, th- that monkey was like the highlight of the movie. Like, <laughs> you're the face, but like, I'm the highlight. Like, I'm I do be running like Jack Sparrow sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm just saying, you 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 set up the nice presentation, and I'm there for the kill. Just hopping <laughs> in, like, what up? <laughs> bringing them gold coins no better team no better team it's it's like i don't even know who else to throw out there kobe shack d-way braun i don't even know any kind of like i mean we're better than uh own boy who was throwing to michael irvin oh yeah don't ever compare me to troy aikman (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted you to say it we're like Steph and Clay, bro. Oh, no, no. Because no, we'd be making them no, splashes. No. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hate. You know how I feel. Don't hate. Can I be Clay? Yeah. Okay. I'm cool. I mean, you said it. I'm the face. For your words, Steph is the face of the Warriors. Yeah, but Clay, that man. Facts. If Clay ain't hitting, you might as well throw it all away. Facts. Yeah. I like I didn't say we you were. I didn't say you were Draymond. Hey, that's offensive. <laughs> that's offensive. But you still gonna get this podcast. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Speaking of, let's get into it. <laughs> that's called a segue. Bang! Shout out Paul Blart. Which, um, if anybody wanted to give me a late Christmas gift, I would absolutely love a segue. <laughs> so. Just gonna throw that hey, out. Hey, you're gonna have to get them now because uh, you see the the company like Bird, they're shutting down. Oh, filed for bankruptcy. Maybe they'll be a little bit cheaper than Bird scooters. Y'all hear that? Bird scooters are cheap right now. You better get them while they're while they're still running on the streets because I can give you my address in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had three games last week and. Two of them went our way as Toronto prevailed a very entertaining game against Panther City, 13 to 10. Georgia absolutely stung the Colorado Mammoth at home, 15 to 8. And then the Rochester Nighthawks prevail at home, take down the Vancouver Warriors, 13 to 11. DJ, I have, I have a take that we have talked about seldomly. On this podcast together. Um, knowing that we recorded 
a little bit earlier last week. It still doesn't change my feelings here as we recap week four. We need, and I get, you know, you're, you're, you're playing once a week, this, that, and the third. We need NLL injury reports to come out more than 24 hours before a game. I, I am so, it, it frustrates, I look like Chris Farley pulling his hair out every time I see, because when I saw that Colorado Mammoth injury report, right after we recorded, I said, what the fuck? We need injury reports. I don't care if they are the most vague, most secretive injury report where it's like upper body, lower body. I don't care. We need as media, as fans, you know, you're going to a game. You have your kids going to a game. Say you're a parent and you're taking your kids to the Colorado Mammoth game against the Swarm last Friday. You see an injury report pop up and it's like, oh, you know, like eight guys questionable or worse playing. And you don't know that until 24 hours before you're going to the game. That sucks. We as media trying to break down these games and trying to have a feel of, of who's playing, like, we have no clue. It, it's a lot of, like, shot-in-the-dark type of stuff, which is a testament to how good we are at making picks in the NLL. Um, I digress. But we need injury reports way earlier, way more accessible than they are, and... I don't know what it's going to take to change. Like, and, and the fact that we didn't know that two guys were suspended, like Zed Williams was suspended for this game from stuff that happened two weeks prior in their game against Georgia. Like that stuff needs to come out like almost immediately. I get Colorado had a week off, but the fact that we didn't know guys were suspended and, you know, I love – the, the big dogs in the NLL media space from Teddy Jenner to Jake Elliott to Pat Gregoire to Adam Levy. Like those guys are the reason we're able to do what we're doing because they blazed that trail even before podcasts existed. But the fact that like we have to wait for one of those four guys to come out and say, hey, this is happening. This is why it's happening. And nobody else knows is a problem beyond belief. <clears throat> it makes it hard, you know, and, and I guess the bigger part of that is it's on us as fans and media to go to more games and support in more ways. Like I know we're doing every, like as much as some people think they can do, but there's always a little bit more. And until this becomes a sport where, they're practicing multiple times a week and, and it's one of their only jobs and they're able to meet a couple times and see trainers and all of these things. We won't get this information. Like that's really what it comes down to. You look at like football, basketball, like you, you get, it seems like daily updates on, you know, especially like fantasy football is like the easiest way to like kind of bridge this gap. When you play fantasy football, you get a daily update pretty much like, if somebody's dealing, like, once they get injured, you get a daily update. Oh, this person practiced a little bit today. They were limited or 
this practice this person practiced the whole the whole day no uh no limitations this person didn't practice at all like you get all of that every single day so then you can base your lineup and or you you know your uh your betting and all these things it, it just helps you out to do whatever it is that you want to do with that player in those games or maybe you're just a fan and you want to know what's going on with your team so you can accurately talk about them or accurately defend them whatever the case may be you're still getting that every day because they practice every day they see a trainer every day they're able to report those things every day on the flip side for us some of these teams are practicing once a week maybe twice and and it might not even be the full team so then maybe they really don't know that a guy is isn't a full go until the day before or they don't know until you know an hour and a half before the game because they're like, yeah, I can try and give it a run in warm-ups and see what it's like. And then the guy's like, no. But, like, there's no way for fans, media, or anybody else outside of the immediate sector to know until it's announced, like, on the stream or whatever because of the lack of everydayness that happens. And that's only because there's not enough people in the seats yet. There's not enough money circling around. It's going to get there. But the more we do now, the quicker that comes. And it's it's something that I didn't think about until you just brought it up too. In a world of regulated and legalized gambling, where you can bet on NLL games every single week, you can bet money lines, you can bet spreads, you can bet over unders. I can't imagine if I'm like a a hardcore lacrosse better, and I see everything happening with Colorado. I know who's on their roster. I place a hefty bet on the Colorado Mammoth. I place a hefty bet on the over, on whatever it may be. And then my bet's in, and then I see, oh, there's half the team is missing. That is an issue in a world of legalized gambling that we need more transparency from these teams. And, like, I get you're practicing only once a week, but I can tell you, these players and coaches are in constant communication no matter where they live. There needs to be more transparency from the league, from these teams, about injuries, about guys who are going to be in the lineup, about suspensions. And you need to see it from more than just four people as well in the media space. Like, I get not every team has a beat reporter working for a local paper or whatever it may be, and we try our best to cover every team on a national type of level. And obviously I have my connections with the Philadelphia wings being credentialed with them. So I get a little more of a peek into the world of, of the Philadelphia wings. And we have a connection with the New York riptide. So we get a little peek more behind the curtain with the riptide and some other teams also, you know, kind of bounce stuff off of us and we get a chance to, to be more interactive with them. But for the most part, like, it's tough to get that peek behind the curtain for 15 teams as an independent type of podcast. And I'm not saying we're the only ones. There's other publications out there that are, are covering the league on a week-by-week basis, on a day-by-day basis. But it does beg the question, like, at what point do teams need team reporters as well? I remember when I first started covering the league, they had hired by the NLL, each team had like a beat writer that was writing stories for the website and everything for the actual NLL website. We, I think we need to get back to that, whether it's 
in in just a print type of thing like digital journalism or whatever it may be I think the NLL needs to hire very similar to what the PLL did this year and it was a wild success for them with eight teams I think every single market needs a reporter who you hire whether they are new in between whatever it may be and they're covering that team for the league because it will make things so much easier to to just have access to the teams and everything i think we need to get back to that with the nll and having localized reporting for every single market yeah it feels very like high schoolish like just like being a coach at the high school level like unless one of my players has been talking to their team and like knows that someone's injured or suspended or i don't know until i show up and then i'm like oh that kid's sitting out or oh where's this kid at or oh like is that kid said like i just there's no way for me to know who's injured and who's not i don't get any kind of injury report at this level like granted hipaa rights and everything but like still like there's no way for me to know until i get then that's kind of what it feels like his team's kind of just do them and practice and make it seem like they're going to, you know, play a full strength squad until they find out the day before, like, oh, this person, this person, this person isn't playing. Or maybe, you know, there's some reporting scenario that we don't know about so that teams do know ahead of time rather than, you know, finding out at the last minute. But, like, still we don't know if that's true or not. So it's like it it just seems like that's one of those spaces where the league needs to catch up with everybody else is, like, no other league, no other league is having issues where they can't put out a, a, some kind of injury report or updates on injuries or something during the week, rather than just the injury hours. report from the league's Twitter account goes out the day of the first game of the week. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, and like I think one team, and this is no bias because they're always ahead of it. The Wings do a great job of letting you know. When guys are injured, we knew Blaze and Olin Katoni were injured. As soon as that Toronto game was over, it was like a couple days later, boom, they're out this amount of time. And we knew they were out for that Albany game. We know that they're out for this Halifax game. Like, that's what every team needs to do. It needs to be more transparent so that fans know, that every member in the media knows, and, and just your other team. Like, sure, there's gamesmanship and everything, but like, don't you want to put the best product out on the floor and knowing who you're going up against, knowing how to scheme everything going into a matchup, almost blind is very like Bush league at this level. Like these guys are professionals. They are pros. This is pro lacrosse treated as such. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I have to say about week four as a synopsis, Toronto big time win. I thought that was the most entertaining game of the week. Um, It was very back and forth. Panther city was in it until the very end. Um, good on them. Another win without Tom Schreiber, which I think we all know. I don't know if you saw this, Deej. Congratulations to Tom and his lovely wife. They just had a baby, and that is a big reason of why he's been out. Uh, so congratulations to the Schreibers. Don't know when Tom will be back, but obviously take that family time, brother. You deserve it. Um, and Toronto keeps winning. So when they get Tom Schreiber back, it's only going to be that much more lethal for them. Um, Georgia looked good in a a bounce back for them against Colorado again. 
Now it's a matter of can we see Georgia beat a team that's not named Colorado as their matchups with Colorado are now done. Tough for Colorado in a unified standings where the Georgia Swarm now have two games in hand over them. So any tiebreakers down the stretch, if they're close in record, Georgia's going to have that ultimate tiebreaker. Uh, and Rochester, I'll say it once again, we completely underestimated them. They are a bunch of dogs and are going to be a bunch of dogs the entire season. I mean, I, I knew I wanted to pick Georgia for a reason. I knew I wanted to pick Georgia for a reason. That's why I pondered on it for so long. And now it makes sense. Half the team was going to be out, and I just didn't know it. And, and like it, It's one of those, like, I can feel something, but I just don't know quite what it is, so I just brushed it off since it wasn't anything, like, legitimate. going to stop doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to listen next time. And, and, I mean, Georgia played a phenomenal game up and down there and very aggressive on the defensive end, which was troublesome – or not troublesome, but, like, it was just – I don't want to say weird to see, but like it was just different because they didn't play Vancouver like that. But in their two games against Colorado, they've been extremely aggressive and extremely like in the face and making it hard for that Colorado offense to get anything moving, kind of dictated what they wanted them to do more than they did with Vancouver, which I think is why Vancouver kind of ran it up on them a little bit. So that's kind of the piece I pulled from Georgia in the week is you have to dictate what teams are going to do on the offensive end. That seems to work for you. And then, I mean, that's really the key because Dobber is going to do his thing on the back end, and obviously you have the offensive pieces to score goals. But if you're getting scored on, you tend to not score goals. So the biggest thing is dictate what they do offensively. Um, and, I mean, I said Rochester was going to be good. Um, actually, let me pull this up because I'm almost – Positive. I picked Rochester last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <clears throat> but, like, we were w way wrong to start the year. We thought they were going to take somewhat of a drop off, and we didn't know kind of what was going to happen with Connor Fields, and he's been electric to start the year. It, do we dare put Rochester in, in the playoffs already at 3-0? and Like, I mean, I know there's a long season to go, but, like, looking at some of the teams they've already taken down and how they've done it, like, I'm ready to give it to them. Like, whether it's a close game or, or no, they've only won close games, which I think is a little more telling to how good you really are, mm -hmm. right? Like, when you're when you're good and you're feeling it and you blow a team out by eight, nine goals, like, I'm going to be honest, any team can catch that fire and, and kind of beat a team while they're down. Like, we see it in sports all the time. Once a team kind of feels the game isn't going to go their way, they're playing hard and they're still there, but, like, it's just not it. And, and everybody can see it, whether you're there, you're in the game, you're coaching, whatever the case may be, you can see that. That's not the case in, in a close game. You're, it's tooth and nail. Everybody's going hard. Everybody believes they can win. They, they feel like they just have to do this, this, and this for it to work. And every single time, Rochester's coming out on top, like, Whenever they need a goal, someone's there scoring it. Whenever they need a big hit, they need a ground, a loose ball. Like somebody is there doing it for them every single time. And they're just at that level where it kind of doesn't matter who you put out on the floor with us because we're going to win. We're going to go out. We're going to play harder than them. And it's going to come down to a few uh, 50 50 balls, a few 
uh, a really play nice play shots, a few uh, mental mistakes, and we're not going to be the ones, uh, you know, holding up the L at the end of the day, which is, I think, next level and, and stellar for for a team like Rochester who looked really good last year. They have this young core too that like they added Ryan Lanchberry to it this season and he led the team in scoring in this game with seven points, two goals, five assists. But you have Turner Evans, you have Ryan Lanchberry, Connor Fields, Thomas Bacondry had four points in this game. He's a dog. We all know he's a dog. Uh, Rylan Reese is part of that core. Austin Hazen had two goals in this game. Kyle Waters had four points uh, for Rochester in this one. And then Smithers had another five-point game and a hat trick. Um that core might be one of the best young cores in the entire league and might be one of the most underrated young cores in the entire league. And when you add Ryan Lanchbury to it, and we said when that trade happened, like, oh, that's going to evolve this offense quite a bit. And I was stunned Georgia let Ryan Lanchbury go for what they did and so quickly. That dude's a baller. And to pair him up with Connor Fields, with Thomas McConvey, with Kyle Waters, with Ryan Smith, and to have Turner Evans as, as your veteran in the mix there too, along with the rest of the boys, like our boy Dan Lomas on that squad, um, they're going to be fun. They're going to be scary, and they might be in a territory of like, we got to see somebody beat them before we can say that they're beatable. I mean, dude, they might already be there for me, even with what they have coming up this week. Like, I told you, like, before we started recording, like, that's going to be a good game. But, like, dude, I don't know if I can even think about putting somebody against Rochester that's going to win unless their name is Toronto, Halifax, or Albany because they also haven't lost yet. And they've all looked good while doing it, especially Albany. Mm-hmm. Albany looks like the best team in the NLL right now. And, and it's not – like close like at all you know uh joe's doing his thing at the stripe getting them every possible possession he can defense and dougie james have been phenomenal on that side and then you look at the offense and i don't really want to go through the plethora of people that are putting goals in the back of the net because it's just one after another they have every piece they need i really think it was just one of those places where everybody had written them off from the year before you know, mm-hmm. like they saw last year, I think they went some like three and 15 or whatever it was, like did awful in the season. And everybody's like, oh, they're just, they're done. You know, no Jordan Ardella, so they're just done. So even when he comes back, like they're not going to have anything. And and they took that personal. Kieran they, retired. Yeah, yeah. Kieran retired. And there was a bunch said about right, that. And he retired. And how the offense and things would bounce back from losing guys. And these guys were like, they're two guys. And, and we got, we got Joe back. So, like what's up and 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 I love it honestly that's like what the need the league needs is that parity to know that you know a team that was the worst in the league last year can come or you know second worst I think it was and it can come out and beat the defending champs. No, they were worse because they got Dyson. Yep, that's right. They got Dyson Williams in the pipeline too. Let's not forget yeah. that. Exactly. So. You you go out, you're the worst last year. You go out and get a really good player that you're not going to be able to play, not going to be able to play for you for, you know, a full calendar year at the least. And um, and now you're you're at the top of the league. 
and you just beat the defending champs. Like that's the parody this league needs to be good because that's what you see in other leagues. You see, um, who is it? The the Patriots. They still have three wins this year and beat some people they shouldn't have beat. The Jets with no Aaron Rodgers went out and beat the Eagles when they were undefeated at the time. Like those. You're even they, seeing it in the NBA. Like nobody saw the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Orlando Magic being as good as they are right now. Or the Houston Rockets going on a six-game win streak earlier this year. Like these, you're things, seeing in hockey. Like nobody saw the Philadelphia Flyers being where they are right now. Or the Wings. The fact that both of those teams are good again is just like those things where it's like the parity is important to fans tuning in and more. We saw the Diamondbacks going to the World Series this year. Crazy. Those things. Or are the crazy. Texas Rangers, for that matter. But that helps your your league. That helps people stay engaged and involved and. The, the parity across the league this year is crazy. Like, Georgia getting steamrolled by Vancouver, but they're able to beat Colorado twice, who's gone to the last two, net, two uh, NLL championships. Like, that, that's unreal. That's not what you expect to see, but it's what we see week in and week out. So I, I just think Rochester and Albany and even Halifax, who had a huge drop-off at the end of last year, are, are perfect examples of how you can be on the cusp or like way at the bottom and, and make a full turnaround. And and that's what I like about lacrosse is it's, it's an effort game. Mm-hmm. Like skill matters and you got to have the IQ and the skill. But as long as you know the basics, it just comes down to, to outworking the guy across from you. And that's what Rochester and Albany have shown is they're going out and they're like, look, man, you can be – uh, 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 Halifax, you can be a, a Colorado, a San Diego, a, a Toronto. It doesn't matter who you are. You still got to step out on this floor and play against mm-hmm. them. And you still got to beat me. And, and right now, teams are not beating them. Much like my Michigan Wolverines. People had a lot to say about the sign-stealing thing. But it's like, at the end of the day, any team can know your entire game plan or your signs or whatever. You still have to go out and execute and do whatever it is on set playing field. And they've done that time and time again. And we're just seeing it in the NLL, and it's exciting. We're, we're watching teams have to go in and game plan and pay attention to the details because if you don't, that team that you think is a slouch will beat. 100%. And, you know, speaking of parity, we had another early season trade with Colorado uh, and the Albany Firewolves this week as Colorado uh, receives Carson Moyer who was drafted 32nd overall in the 2023 entry draft, along with a 2025 entry draft pick in the second round from Albany in exchange for a third-round pick in the 2025 entry draft and defenseman champion Anthony Jokum. I hate and love this trade. Hate it from a personal standpoint because I thought Joker was phenomenal in Colorado and I was around Joker uh, for quite a few years when he was with the Wings and he's one of my favorite people. He's so funny Um, and I I loved how he meshed with that Colorado team. This is a phenomenal trade for Albany right now. Colorado getting rid of one of their best defensemen that paired up with Warren Jeffrey. Um, who was a an acquisition in that 2021-2022 season for Colorado when they ended up winning that championship, and they traded Sam LeClaire to Philadelphia for Joker. For Albany to add a champion to their locker room, a young veteran 
to that locker room on the defensive side. And a guy who's not afraid to go down the floor and score. Joker is a phenomenal addition to a 3-0 and Albany team. For Colorado to also get a second-round pick for him is huge. That's a great return on investment, along with effectively uh, a second-round pick player in Carson Moyer, who I don't know too much about, but I'm sure I will do some research and find out how much of a dog he is. Good trade for both sides, but man, the immediate impact Anthony Jokum is going to have on that Albany Firewolves locker room is going to be insane. Yeah, I'm excited for just the energy he's going to bring in. There's a different kind of energy you play with when you've been there before, whether it be just the playoffs, whether it be playing at that level already, whether it be an all-star, whether it be a championship game, being a champion, all those things you bring in a different kind of energy because you remember the energy it took to do it the first time. You remember the small things you had to go through. You remember the lessons you learned and you give those things off to other people. I think that's going to be kind of that key for him here in, in Albany is this is a team that's trending toward having a very good season and is probably going to be looking at the playoffs but guys on this team don't necessarily have that championship experience. And there's a few guys who may have had it back when uh, – no, sorry, wrong team. That's Halifax that has the old Rochester. So th- a lot of these guys don't have that experience in the NLL at all whatsoever. And granted, some of these guys are, are world champions. Some of these guys are MSL champions and – uh, in your box a pll like you can list off whatever level you want it's not the same as winning one in the nll it's it's a different season it's a different amount of physical exertion it's a different iq because what the the screens and, and the plays and things you run in box are not exactly what you do on the field all of these things change what it takes to win a championship Jokum has done that already uh, you know, or or he's been in that position to do it multiple times. So he's now kind of on the younger side, so able to see the game the way the young guys see it, understand where they are in life, point out things in, in terminology and things that make sense to them, but also still be seen as, as a veteran or, or a guy that knows what's going on and how to do things and, and can be seen as a leader. It's It's kind of a new level of like responsibility for him, but like responsibility that he's earned and he's ready for. And and I'm excited to see kind of how that propels him to the next level. Like even as a coach, like I see it when um, I'm watching guys come to, to off season stuff. And, you know, I, I'm telling them in their ear, you know, like you have a chance to be a captain this year and, and then just watching them after and, and you'll see them kind of point out something small to a teammate, like, Oh, do this instead of that, or move your hand here. Hey, we do it this way. Like, you can see when people get a little bit more responsibility, they take a lot of pride in that care and they want to, to achieve that goal. So I'm excited to see where Jokum heads with, with this newfound responsibility of being kind of that middle piece uh, veteran guy and, and helping Albany get ready for the playoffs because that's pretty much what this move was. There, Before the Anthony Jokum trade, there are two guys on this roster who have professional lacrosse championships because 
everything summer box is classified as quote unquote amateur for a lot of it and that's not to discredit any of it but from a pro perspective it's two guys it's joe nardella and ethan walker who have pll titles to their names um and now you add joker who has an nll championship and i want to insert the shaquille o'neal i'm sorry carson moyer i wasn't familiar with your game uh meme uh dude's a dog i just looked up his college profile played at utah he is uh he ranks in the top 10 all time in career goals and points for the university of Utah, uh, lacrosse program. He started in all 17 games in 2023, recorded 31 points, 24 goals, seven assists, seven ground balls and four calls turnovers. He's six one. He's a midfielder in the field game. Uh, and can you guess where he went to high school teach and why he's going to be a dog in the NLL? Hmm. The Hill? Yep, he's a Hill Academy kid. He's from Ontario, went to Utah, so obviously the move to Colorado makes a lot of sense too um, mm-hmm. if he's still you know, kind of living out there. So good pickup for the Mammoth. I think that's a, a solid move for the future uh, along with the draft pick, so we'll see how things roll out from that trade. This is what the standings look like uh, heading into week five. Albany still at the top based off goal differential at 3-0, and along with the Rochester Nighthawks being 3-0. and The Halifax Thunderbirds and Toronto Rock are both 2-0. and Georgia at 2-1. and The Buffalo Bandits and San Diego Seals are both 1-1. and Saskatchewan, Las Vegas, Panther City, Philadelphia, and Vancouver are all 1-2. and And then your winless teams, the Calgary Roughnecks, the New York Riptide, and the Colorado Mammoth. Also want to give a shout-out to OG Owen Grant hat trick for the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, this past week as a defenseman is dirty. And as uh, our guy, Nat St. Laurent, put on his Instagram story, OG doing OG things, uh, Owen Grant is an absolute dog. Uh, But, Deej, let's get to our Week 5 preview. Uh, As we have, as the kids say, a shit ton of games this week. (laughs) Literally a shit ton. One team is off this week, and it is Panther City. So Panther City fans get to uh, relax, chill, see how the standings will take place going into 2024 as they play next week at Georgia. But this is what the schedule looks like. Friday night lacrosse, we've got three games on Friday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. We've got the Philadelphia Wings taking on the Halifax Thunderbirds in Halifax. The Georgia Swarm at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time head up to Banditland to take on the defending champs, uh, the Buffalo Bandits. And then at 10 p.m. Eastern time, the nightcap on Friday, we've got Rochester traveling to San Diego, which could be hashtag Game of the Week vibes between those two teams then we move to saturday we've got 4 p.m eastern time lacrosse as the toronto rock hosts dj's new york riptide then we head to 9 p.m eastern time and we got teal turf action as your calgary roughnecks host the las vegas desert dogs a little uh in-house fighting as it's your team versus our league pass team then we go to the loud house as the colorado mammoth host the vancouver warriors and then we have new year's eve lacrosse sunday night 8 p.m eastern time neon green slime turf time saskatchewan rush hosting 
the top dogs, or should I say the top wolves, the Albany Firewolves, on New Year's Eve. Deej, talk to me. What stands out to you about the schedule this week? What are you looking forward to? And uh, we've got ourselves quite the weekend of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday lacrosse. Uh, first off, this isn't sticking out about this week. This sticks out about every week. We need a little bit more stagnation. in, or Sorry, not stagnation. Staggering in the, the game times. Like, I, I think Friday was done very well. 6.30, 7.30, 10 is, like, awesome. Because, like, sure, 6.30, 7.30 overlap, but by the time Halifax gets to halftime, that first game will be starting, or that second game will be starting or just about starting. So now I can flip back and forth between that first half or um, the, the first half and then the second half of the last game, and then I get the entire second half of Georgia-Buffalo by itself before – 10 o'clock comes for the late game with Rochester and San Diego. Like, beautiful. But then you scroll over and you look at Saturday, two games starting at 9 o'clock. Why isn't one starting at 8 and one at 9? One at 7, one at 9. Like, where is – like, granted, I'm okay. I'm fine because I have an Xbox, and, and some people have Apple TV out there. They give you a multi-view option automatically. So you can pick up to four games and – if there's four on at once, which sometimes there are, I'm watching all four of those, and I have no problem doing that. But some people can't multitask like that. Or some people don't like to. They want to focus on one game at a time, stagger the games a little bit, and give them an opportunity to at least flip back and forth between two games that are not at the exact same time. So that way, if one goes on commercial, the other one isn't going on commercial. When one's at halftime, the other one isn't at halftime. Like All of these things matter. And just a little bit of staggering would do the league so well. I get, too, from the perspective of the two games that start at 9 o'clock, it's a lot of scheduling for both of those home teams because Calgary shares an arena with the Calgary Flames. Colorado shares an arena with both the Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets. So it's a matter of when can we fit this game in that is conducive to where we fall in line in the scheduling process. Because uh, I know the Wings, that's why we've seen over the past couple of years the Wings playing Monday night lacrosse, Thursday night lacrosse, having 1 o'clock games early in the season because you have to accommodate for the Flyers, for the Sixers, and sometimes Villanova basketball as well at the Wells Fargo Center. So I get that perspective as well um, with just the, the schedule accommodation where the Roughnecks and the Mammoth kind of fall in line in terms of priority on that schedule for those arenas. Um and it's also, we got to look at it from the perspective of the start times in that local market. Both of those games, it's 7 p.m. on a Saturday. That, that is a conducive start time for a Saturday night out. It makes a ton of sense. It's just time zones are a thing. Um, so I get it. I get it. I, I also hate the catering to a, a West Coast <laughs> time zone start time for a lot of these games uh in all sports when more than 50 percent of the population lives on the east coast and you you want to cater to your biggest market there you go um but i think i think these games will be fine both at nine o'clock and like you said there's a lot of multi-view options out there you can pull up a tv and a laptop a lot of people have multiple tvs if you don't have the multi-viewer option um one thing i would love if there's a way to figure it out, 
because I know Casey and Owen tweet about this all the time and, and post about this all the time for F1, the F1 multi-viewer uh, program or whatever it is. We need that for lacrosse. We need NLL and PLL multi-viewer. Not that PLL too much. There's no overlap ever. Uh, but we need, we need NLL and college lacrosse multi-viewer. So we can have multiple angles, multiple games up in a in a system on our TVs. That that may, so hey F one multiview. Uh, if you want to work with you, us to help make that for lacrosse, you need to just get an Xbox or Apple. TV. Well, sometimes Deej, we're poor, and that's you what want, we're you, dealing with. You, you want the old Xbox One I got? Because I'm not using it. <laughs> not go cat. Like it, it's perfect for streaming. Like. I can get you together. You want me? I'll we, bring. We, out. I'll bring. We out. have we have enough things connected to this shitty Wi-Fi in my house right now. So, <laughs> but if if F one multiviewer wants to work on a lacrosse version of this for both NLL and college season with us, hit our line. How are we gonna get that done? You know somebody that I don't know. We we slide in the DMs to F one multiviewer and say, hey, let's work on a, a Dude, way they, to do this for lacrosse. They just, I think they just did that with ESPN. I, I'm pretty sure ESPN just put together like, like, you know how they did it with like Monday Night Football, when they play more than one game on there, even though they they shouldn't. Oh no, you don't, because you never watch on the app. I think you yeah, no. it. yeah. So like, they just like automatically do it whenever they're playing, or even when they're just doing like the the Manning cast, they'll have a a multi viewer option which automatically pops up with the Manning cast and the game like right next to each other. So we just need to encourage ESPN to start hooking us up with that, like on the front, like, oh, you see all these lacrosse games going on, like, give us the multi viewer. Yeah. So you see it, multi viewer. I just looked up. It's an app uh, for F one that requires a paid F one TV subscription and doesn't help circumvent any content protection or limitations by F one TV. Uh, this is all from their description here. Multi viewer. Um, oh, that's different. Yeah, it's a whole like it's so sick. Like I've seen Casey and Owen both tweet like their setups with it, and like you can see multiple, like different types of screens and everything. We we need it for just simply the games for lacrosse. So like, let, man, let, imagine. Well, I mean, imagine if like you could watch like three games, but then also have like their live stats right next to it. Yes. Exactly. That would be that would exactly. Be that so would there's be any if there's any web developers or app developers. Hold on. There's Josai, Josai, we have an idea. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have an idea. We're not gonna say too much more on here so people don't go and people like taking ideas. But we got an idea. A good one. A great one that it, even. I like where this is going. My head, my head's spinning right now <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> so, it would be perfect for a week like this because the matchups are insane. Um, I think Rochester San Diego is a game that I will be locked into Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I genuinely think Albany Saskatchewan on New Year's Eve is a phenomenal game. Uh, and a phenomenal thing that we have New Year's Eve lacrosse. I think that should be uh, a staple moving forward. I also loved Pat Gregoire's idea that he he tweeted out. Shout out to the boy. 
we need we need an annual Boxing Day game in the NLL between two Canadian teams every single make it like the Boxing Day Classic or or some like how the Winter Classic is a a thing in the NHL. Hold on. Hold on. I like that. But Got five teams in Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Why does it have to be five? <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty uh, soon we're going to have Montreal in the mix. Yeah. Either that or you invite somebody super close to the border, like Rochester. Buffalo. Yeah. And then you do like a, like a, just a rotating series, kind of where those teams always play on Boxing Day. They just play each other. Mm-hmm. But then when – Montreal gets in, take Buffalo out, and then it's just those six teams that are always just. Oh, did we just reinvent the wheel on the Alterna Cup? <laughs> oh no, did we? Oh, but no, like the Boxing Day Classic would be sick, and it's like you rotate it every year, and like say whoever wins the first one, they stay in. It's it's like almost like uh, you know, make it take it playing street basketball. It's like oh, I made it. Give me so, the rock back. Use the most recent Alterna Cup stand to start the ladder. So then wherever you are in the ladder is where you are. The champion is at the top. They play the bottom team. Or they play like a team in the middle or whatever. And then no matter where you are, you like move down. Or maybe everybody plays. And then if you win, you move up. If you lose, you move down. So then it's like losers are at the bottom, winners are all at the top. And you just keep playing, trying to get to the top as a winner. Boxing Day Classic is a copyright trademark uh, entity of the Outside the Box podcast. If the NLL would like to purchase this idea, please slide into the DMs. Um, but yeah, I think it needs to happen. That's how copyright works, by the way, people. 100%. It's been once vocalized. You say it, once you say it, it's yours. It's done. The patent, the patent is a little bit different. It's patent pending. But we did. All rights reserved, 2023-2024. I'm hyped for this weekend, though. Like, uh... I was looking at what what was the other game I was looking at? I was looking at I mean Vegas Calgary is huge. That's a huge game in, in the facts that that's uh Vegas who's sitting at one and two in the middle of the pack right now, going to two and two puts them in great company. But then on the other hand, Calgary's in a very different position where they lose this game, they're in trouble of not making the playoffs at all this year. Mm-hmm. Right standings change so much for these teams like Calgary could afford to lose a couple of these games early on in the old West. Cause it was like, okay, they'll find their groove and they'll start really hitting at it. And before they know it, all these other West teams had beat up on each other and they've been able to slide in. Not the case with unified standings. Like now they're hoping that everybody beats everybody else. Excuse me. And they're able to slide in somewhere even after starting the season. zero and two, Oh, and three makes that so much harder. Who's a good team at a chance to to get things back rolling? An expansion squad that's only in their second year. So that's why I think this is such a big game. Because, like, if Vegas wants to make the playoffs in their second year, like some of the other uh, expansion teams they've seen come before them, this is a game they have to win to kind of maintain that 500 pace and try and eventually jump that. But on the other side, Calgary knows the clock is ticking. If they don't win this game, they might miss the playoffs. So this is just two bulls running right at each other like, hey, we 
we got to win. Like, I need to win this game. Not mm-hmm. this is the earliest like playoff scenario game I think I've ever seen in any season. Like, literally a loss. There's year. three of them really because all three zero and three teams are playing this week in tough matchups. You have the Vegas Calgary game. You have New York going to Toronto, trying to avoid going zero and three. And then you have Vancouver and Colorado in an old school West showdown. And those two teams always play each other close. It's not going to be easy for Colorado for Calgary or New York to get their first win of the season. See, it makes you, makes me scared as a, as a reptile guy, like looking at the, at the matchups, they're the only ones that are kind of in a position where it looks like their game isn't winnable and not because Toronto's that good, but because New York has played that bad. Like, they have offensive names out the wazoo and just couldn't score last week. That doesn't make any kind of sense. You know, like when you have names like Jeff T, Riley O'Connor, uh, Larson Sundown, Callum Jones, it, they score goals. They didn't do that last week. Kill Matisse barely was, or Kyle was barely able to get one in the back of the net. Like these kinds of things are what's going to hold them back. And when you're playing a team like Toronto, who's going to make it tough for you on the defensive end, and they have a Hall of Famer and Nick Rose between the pipes, you're already going to be clawing for goals. So it's more than an uphill battle for for the um, for the Riptide. But when you're looking at, at Calgary and, and Colorado, these are like prime opportunities against one and two teams who are still trying to find their footing. Vancouver is trying to establish this new identity as a team with new coach and new players while – Vegas is just trying to learn what it's like being in the NLL. And they do have a lot of rookies and young guys that haven't quite proven themselves yet. So these are two teams that are established, have their core, know what they want to do. Granted, Calgary's rocking with a new coach, but still, you kind of know what you want to do there. You have to seize this opportunity and take it because you won't get too many more like this at this time. Because, sure, you may run into another uh, a team that's very beatable, but when is that? Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? And now you're already 0 and 3, 0-4, 0-5, 0-6. Like you don't want to keep pushing that line when you can just get it done and handled right now. Yeah. And I mean, same thing for, for the wings almost. Like this is a, a game that you want to see them compete and fight in and avoid dropping a one and three on the season at Halifax, tough environment, a team that typically always has their number. You got to go in there without your captain, got to go in there without your big off-season trade acquisition. Who's going to step up to to get you to 500 and prevent you from going 1 and 3? Kind of similar situation for Buffalo too. You know, you have Georgia coming in off uh, a big time win against Colorado. You're at home, you're 1 and 1. You're trying to avoid dropping a 1 and 2 and under 500. Georgia's trying to stay hot and prove that they can beat a team not named Colorado. Uh and the same thing with San Diego. They're looking to avoid dropping below 500 against a 3-0 and Rochester team. This week is going to be so much fun. It's going to shake up the standings one way or the other, no matter who ends up winning and losing. And that's what makes this week so much fun with 14 of the 15 teams in action. Um, so I think without any further ado, Deej, let's head on over to the Pick Pond feed some ducks and give everybody our NLL week five picks of the week powered by Kenwood beer, the official beer partner of underground sports, Philadelphia. It's a refreshing light beer, just 4.1% ABV, only 120 calories, just eight grams of carbs, 
go to kenwoodbeer.com use the kenny finder to see who's got kenwood beer on tap in the philadelphia pittsburgh new jersey and maryland areas you can also check out their storefront where they have these awesome pint glasses that we have here in the studio awesome hats apparel great stuff from kenwood beer and you can also get it at your local liquor store in those markets that we mentioned must be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly Deej we start in Halifax as the Thunderbirds host my Philadelphia Wings in a big time old school East Division showdown how do you see the Thunderbirds and the Wings duking it out in Halifax as much as I love the Wings Halifax is 2-0 their offense is unreal, and Warren Hill has been great between the pipes. Can't argue with facts right now, and the facts are Halifax is 2-0. The Wings are 1-2. and two. And when we look at the info on this game, which is just now coming up, Halifax is scoring a lot more goals than they're giving up. And they're scoring more goals than what Philadelphia is averaging. And I see Philadelphia's average of goals let up giving a little more than the amount of goals that Halifax will score. I think that stays at 15 or higher. And Halifax comes out with an early win in the week. It's going to be a gritty game. Um, but very much like Toronto and the Wings, it's very rare that I've seen the Wings take down Halifax. Um, and without your captain, without Holden Katoni, it's going to be that much more difficult. I'm going to take Halifax to get a home win. That also plays a factor in my book is that Halifax is at home. They have great home field advantage. Um, so I'm going to take the Thunderbirds this week uh, to get a win against my better judgment and still hope that the wings get a win obviously but on the paper side of things Halifax probably ends up winning this game we go to Banditland Georgia and Buffalo I gotta see Georgia beat a team not named Colorado before I can pick them to beat a team not named Colorado Banditland is going to be absolutely insane over 17,000 people there for the home opener I don't see any differences there Buffalo's playing good lacrosse. Sure, they lost to Albany, but they're still playing very well. I'm going to take the Bandits to get a home win. Albany is the best team in the league right now, so losing to them is not uh, a loss. Air quotes. It's definitely, it's definitely an L, and it's definitely on their record, but it's not a bad loss, not a loss that shouldn't happen. Um, and, and when you look at something I don't do often is I did not – I looked at these trends, and I'm going to throw them out of the window. Um, I, I don't think Buffalo continues – or excuse me, I don't think Georgia can continue the trend that they've been on, but I don't know if it's going to go up or down. So that's why I don't want to say too much about it, but I do think home field advantage plays a huge part in this. Going much along your lines with Halifax and, and how the home field would be just enough to give, give them a, the edge over the wings, I think home field will be the difference here. Georgia seems to be playing to talent. Colorado, very good team. Buffalo, a very good team. So I expect Georgia to come out and play very good because they've been playing to talent. But that place is going to be rocking. And I don't think they're going to be able to go on the road two weeks in a row and, and beat 
very good teams. Maybe so they were have, week, but they were on the road last week. Yeah. That's what I thought. They've been on the road. This will be their third straight road game because um, they were at Vancouver as well. Um, we moved to 10 o'clock Eastern time out in San Diego as the Seals host Rochester. Deech, Super Seals versus the, the Young Hawks. How do you see this one playing out? Mm-hmm. Put me on the spot first. Okay. As much as I would love to pick the Seals, they're going to be at home. They got the home field advantage. They're probably going to be wearing some sweet jerseys that we don't even know they're going to be wearing yet. That's just what San Diego does. But what I can't deny is, I'm going to check this real quick because I do not want to be wrong. What I can't deny is a team that's tied for second in the amount of goals for this year, and that's Rochester. Scoring almost 20, they're scoring 22 more goals than San Diego has in just one more game. San Diego's played two. Rochester's played three. That means this offense is doing something it has not done before and is scoring at an unprecedented rate. And with no Frank Skiggs, the, the backside has looked kind of eh with Chris Oglieri in, back there. Not that he's not great, but the defense just doesn't feel as comfortable and they've made some mental mistakes and you can see it. Rochester's not a team you can make mistakes against. I think they capitalize on those and they come out with a very close victory to close things out for us on Friday. I want to pull one thing up because I did see that Rochester placed. Yeah, so Hartley is uh, on the injured reserve. He got injured in that game last week. So it'll be Riley Hutchcraft in goal for Rochester. I'm going to stay where I'm at. I thought Riley Hutchcraft was great in relief of Hartley last week. Um, I love everything you said there. I This was the toughest game on the docket for me to pick. I think the big thing here is travel. Rochester having to travel over 2,000 miles to San Diego for this game. That sucks. That sucks for anybody who has to get on a plane and and travel east to west coast. I also think Trevor Baptiste has the edge over Joe Post at the stripe. Not that Joe Post has been playing terrible at all. He's been fantastic. I think, obviously, when you're going toe-to-toe with the guy at the stripe, it's going to be a tough day at the office. This is a game where San Diego has to... If they want to show that, like, hey, we're the Super Seals, we pushed our chips in the middle to win a championship, this is a game they have to win. With that being said, I'm taking the Rochester Nighthawks. Told to me there. I like that. I like that. I They are a team right now that they have to show me that they are beatable for me to pick them to be beaten. San Diego... Their offense looked a little pedestrian against the Bandits. Only scoring nine goals is a tough look. Um, will they bounce back? Absolutely. They're the San Diego Seals. They have future Hall of Famers across that roster. But right now, Rochester's playing a team game, and I got to take the Nighthawks. 
so we move to Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. I think you and I are on the same page for this game. I could be wrong. New York Riptide, Toronto Rock. I think we're both taking Toronto at home to uh, get the win over the Riptide. Or am I wrong? You are absolutely correct. I am 1,000% taking Toronto. Um, I was wrong about Tommy Shrive coming back, so I'm not going to say he will. But after getting married, he just might be there. It, it, it makes sense. Well, not yeah, married, baby. Sorry, not married, baby. Yes. The words are literally just fumbling out of my mouth. It's, it's a possibility that he is there. This is a home game. Why not make your home opener against a team that literally hates you? And, and Home and, opener against your hometown team? Against your hometown team? Or not a home opener, but a, a home game against your home that, team. That would be his home opener. So, yes, True. it's a home opener. It, we said it right the first time. Don't don't question yourself. Well, I didn't want anybody to get confused thinking we thought this was Toronto's first home game. Well, they they should listen. They, they should listen because we, we've made it very clear what's going on here. Either way, I think Toronto, with or without Captain America, uh, gets it done over on that side of the board. We move to Calgary and the Teal Turf Boys taking on the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Deej, is your is your squad going to get their first win of the season? I mean, were you expecting me to say they weren't? Like, crazy. Like, I like Vegas. They're our league pass team, and they've done a lot of good things. And granted, when you look at, at the, the rundown for this game and, and the info that they're giving us, the one thing that sticks out to me is even though they played one more game, the goal differential is huge. Negative 13 is a big deal. And and I and they're scoring and Calgary's scoring more goals than the average than Vegas does. So I, I for for once again, I like the way the trends in, in the stats are heading for this game. I'm with you. I think Calgary is going to get the win for one reason and one reason only. They have arguably the best goalie in the league christian del bianco in between the pipes is a factor that's a huge factor and i think calgary gets on the board in the win column this week we move to the other nine o'clock game it's vancouver it's colorado this one's tough i think this is the second toughest game for me to pick vancouver looked very good last week even in a loss they looked phenomenal against georgia they're playing at a good pace um owen grant doing owen grant things as a defender is phenomenal colorado just traded one of their better defenders this week obviously we talked about that they're at home but right now on a momentum based pick i'm taking the vancouver warriors to get a quote-unquote upset road win against colorado Ay, ay, ay. This one's hard, man. Like, and, and this is hard because of the piece we talked about earlier with not having the injury report or knowing who's going to be in or out. Are, are these guys back? Are, are, how long are they going to be out? Like, what, what is the question here? And, and all I can think is, Colorado knows, just like Calgary does, that they cannot fall to 0-3. And, 
And I think that propels them to a victory more than anything else. And it, and Dylan Ward is more than due for a Dylan Ward kind of game. And I think it comes this week and in literally a crunch time week where they're talking about playoffs or no playoffs week three of the season, which just doesn't even belong in the same sentence as Dylan Ward. Missing the playoffs in week three and Dylan Ward are never in the same sentence together. And I think Colorado is going to grab hold of that and, and come out with a victory at home. The final game of the week, the final game of the calendar year, 8 p.m. Eastern time in Saskatchewan, the slime time green on that turf. The number one team in the league, the Albany Firewolves, head to Saskatchewan for their first big road test of the season from travel to playing another young, spunky team in the rush. Deej, who you got winning the final game of 2023? I mean, we already said this with one team, so I'm not even going to act like it's any different. But it is a little bit different. A little bit different. Why? Because do you know how many goals for Albany has this year? 44. 44. Do you know how many goals for Saskatchewan has this year? Is it 44? It's 43. Mm. So this team can score right along with Rochester and Albany is the best of the best when it comes to scoring goals in this league right now. It's hard to say. But I think the bigger thing here has been Doug Jamison and this Albany defense. How aggressive they play. They've brought in slight changes to that weird pesky defense they they ran last year that just kept people off the board and created low-scoring games. Don't know how they've done, but now they've added this heightened sense of communication and aggressiveness, which has turned them to almost shut down. I mean, looking at who they played this year, and they're only averaging 11 goals against per game, it's crazy. Those teams could easily be putting up 15, 16, 17 goals every game. But instead, Albany's going out there and making them work for every single goal that they want. And I don't expect I don't expect that to change. I do expect Saskatchewan to give them a run for their money. This should be a close game. Saskatchewan score differential on the year is plus five. They're plus five and they're one and two. We're running into a baseball scenario here where teams are just having stupid goal differentials that don't make sense. Like this one where they're plus five, but they're one and two. It's because they put up 17 in the game. They they won a crazy good. Like, I mean, just blew someone out, but then lost close. So what does that tell me? This team can score, but when they're going against someone else who can also score... They're not able to get it done in the crunch. Saskatchewan doesn't have the pieces yet this year, and it seems like Albany does. I, I got to go with Albany. I'm getting a little freaky on New Year's Eve. I think the name of the game in a lot of my picks outside of Colorado and me picking Vancouver has been home field advantage. I think Rush Nation has quite the home field advantage. I think everything you said about their ability to score is completely valid. I think this is a big test for all. If Albany can go 
on the road across the country and grind out a win against Saskatchewan, then I think we can be in the conversation. Not that they haven't been already, but I think that will prove, okay, this team has what it takes to get it done at home. Because granted, that Buffalo game was at home. It wasn't at Banditland. You go to Vegas, sure, and you grind out a win late in that game. You go to Philly, a, a rival. There's always intense, heightened emotions there, and you're playing a, a shorthanded Wings team. But I think if you can go to a team on the West Coast in Canada, hostile environment, and win, then we can really start having the conversation, okay, Albany is legit, legit. I think they're legit. But I also think Saskatchewan has what it takes to beat a young team like Albany. And with that being said, I'm going to take the rush in an upset. Wow. Not surprised. I think Zach Manns has been one of the most underappreciated and under-talked about stories so far in the early go. That dude can score. He's finding ways to put the ball in the back of the net like no other. And this young core, Patrick Dodds and the rest of those boys with Saskatchewan, know how to run up a score and know how to, you know, play tough against quality goalies. I'm going to take the rush to uh, to humble Albany just a little bit. So there are your picks of the week. We both have Halifax, Buffalo, Rochester, Toronto, and Calgary. I'm taking Vancouver. DJ's taking Colorado. I've got Saskatchewan, and he's taking Albany, and those are your NLL Week 5 Picks of the Week. Beer Money Picks, brought to you by Kenwood Beer. Deej, the PLL hot stove is burning, so you might want to grab your sunglasses. It's brought to you by Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game, from sunglasses to blue light glasses to ski goggles. For ski season and all you snowboarders out there, along with prescription lenses, Tomahawk Shades has you covered with the best eyewear for a fraction of the price of the big eyewear companies. They've been rocking with us for years. They're the most comfortable sunglasses I own. DJ's wearing them when he's on the sidelines coaching. We're wearing them when we're going to our day jobs and just out on the road in general. I'm wearing the blue light glasses when I'm editing while I'm watching lacrosse on TV. You should be doing the same and protecting your eyes. Go to TomahawkShades.com or download the Tomahawk Shades app in the App Store or Google Play Store. And when you go to checkout, when you have your cart all filled up, use code USP at checkout for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com or in the Tomahawk Shades app. That's code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com or in the Tomahawk Shades app. The stove is burning a little bit, and it's all coming from Boston, Deej, as the Cannons continue to make signings, or should I say re-signings, of their entire squad. They're they're pulling a page out of the, the 2022 Water Dogs as they are just re-signing everybody for 2024, the Cannons are. Uh, obviously, Marcus Holman back, Matt Cavanaugh back. Uh, this week, Jeff Trainer has re-signed uh, as well. The pride of Bill Ricca is back with the Cannons, and uh, they just continue to kind of just say, hey, we're running it back. We're bringing everybody home. Cade Van Raphorst, or should I say Splashhorst, and Zach Goodrich have both re-signed through 2024 as well. 
Coach Holman just saying, hey, everyone was questioning when I was going out and making all these signings in free agency as a brand-new head coach GM. Well, it worked, and we're going to run it back uh, as the Boston Cannons in 2024. I mean, why not, right? You looked at the the success they had as a team and, and how far they were able to make it and the, the pure joy that team had while doing it. It wasn't like – no one dreaded it. No one, excuse me, wanted to not do any part of it. Wow. No one had any complaints throughout the year. It was, it was, oh, these guys are amazing to be around. It's fun being out here. You know, coach points out this and coach does that. And it just was nothing but positivity. Why wouldn't you want to get that group of guys back together? And I think that's the one piece the PLL does a very good job at. Um, is if you listen to press conferences and 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 you pay attention to kind of the snippets that are put out, the guys are more locked into each other than they are the sport. Like, yes, they all love it. Yes, they all play, and they know how much it means to be a professional lacrosse player and, and what they're doing for the game. But what they do for each other means so much more to them. Like, being there for each other, being brothers, providing that space and and being there to help them play their favorite game and and be in a place of love and, and maturity and growth and, and just pure passion is next to none. And that's what you see with the Boston Cannons, probably more than any other team. Like a lot of those guys had been through that one and nine season and, and knew what it was like. And, and, you know, heard all the questions from, from us, from other media people, from fans about what the team was going to do. How could the team be so bad with a guy like Lyle Thompson? And, and X, Y, and Z to then turn around and shut all of that out, bring in, you know, and, and embrace a new coach and, and his staff and what they're trying to do and, and to listen to that, implement it and execute it, um, an acronym called LIE that I learned while in college. It They did it to a T and then it shows, and that's why they were the number two seed in the playoffs this year and, and had a phenomenal regular season. Why wouldn't you want to run it back? Those guys are are oh what did he say um they they believe mm-hmm. and and coach holman was the one who brought this up he's like i don't talk about buying in i ask guys to believe in like believe in me believe in yourself believe in us don't buy into it because this doesn't cost anything it's free you just have to show up and give your effort and he has guys that believe in him and themselves and the crew around them and you could see it in the way they played. So, yeah, run that back, do it again, and look to be even better. Look to be that one seed. Look to get to uh, the PLL championship. There are so many ways they can go up rather than going down and seeing the trends that they're making and who they're choosing to have around them I think is the biggest piece. Is there are a lot of guys that they could have let go of this year and went for somebody in the player pool or been like, hey, we're going to draft this guy. And instead they're like, these guys put in time. They believe they want to be here. They they want, you know, the, the ultimate goal in a PLL championship. So let's bring it back and let's try and create an even better circumstance than what we had last year. Uh Whip Snakes re-signed Matt Reese through 2024, part of that that trade that sent uh Reese to the Whip Snakes. Uh the Denver Outlaws, formerly known as Chrome Lacrosse Club, have re-signed Ryan Tarafanko through 2026. He ain't going anywhere. Coach Sudo, from the moment they drafted him, he was in love with Ryan Tarafanko, and he is staying put for another three seasons. He signed through 2026, 
might be the longest contract extension we've seen uh, in the PLL so far. And then Will Haas re-signed through 2024 as well for the Outlaws. Uh, no news from Redwoods or Atlas on any re-signings just yet. I don't believe the Water Dogs have re-signed anybody either. I could be wrong. Um, nope, the Water Dogs have not made any signings, mostly because everybody's under contract through this year for them, for the most part. Um, Chaos, I don't know if there's anybody. Oh, yeah, our boy Troy Ray uh, last week signed through 2025. Uh, so he is back with the boys. Well-deserved. Shout-out to Troy. And then who am I forgetting? The Archers. Um, Utah. Stand no up. signings from the Archers. So those are your, your hot stove uh, signings right there. And uh, all those guys well-deserved for their contract extensions, of course. And then, Deej, we have... PLL schedule release on the horizon on New Year's Day, like they always do, just a few days away. They put out the first teaser for the schedule this year that they will be playing at an Ivy League campus for the first time in 2024. A lot of people suspecting that uh, it's going to be Harvard and they're going to throw it back with the Cannons playing at Harvard like they once did. We also talked about, before we started recording, you know, Joe Sy, an investor in the PLL, Yale lacrosse donor. Wouldn't be a big surprise, really, if Yale is on the the schedule uh, for 2024 for the PLL one way or another. Obviously, the Fairfield connection is strong in Connecticut, but there's still those two, uh, you know, open weekends that are not home city-based that will be happening wouldn't shock me if Yale lacrosse with that new facility and everything and the field house that's there named after Josiah uh, comes into play and you kind of test to see just different aspects of Connecticut uh, for an eventual maybe return of the Connecticut Hammerheads or another expansion team. Or if you test out to see if you can hold a, a, an all-star game in Connecticut as well. I mean, I like the idea of going to Connecticut um, and, and Yale, I think it it allows you to see kind of that area, right? Um, I think the biggest downfall, and, and now that we were talking about it earlier in, in the Midwest, is they've only been to, I guess, three places that are actually considered the Midwest. We, in, in Louisville, since, or not Cincinnati, uh, Columbus, and Chicago. Minneapolis is technically too far north. And they haven't really been anywhere else in this area because Texas is too far south. I, there is no they, – they can't gauge what the audience is actually like in this area since they haven't been here. They have an idea of what it's like in Connecticut, but they've only been to one place, Fairfield. Granted, Connecticut's not large, like super big, so I'm sure a lot of people made it over. But I can't imagine the number in the, in the area of New Haven people or that area – that that comes to the game is going to go up and that's kind of what the PLL is looking at in some of these other places is who else comes right so say they do go back to the midwest and they move the game to iowa or they do like indianapolis they're looking to see 
okay, are more Indiana and Michigan people coming now because it's a little bit closer? Are there more Illinois people because it's not all the way in Ohio? Are we getting anybody coming from the South? Like it, all of those metrics matter in determining on if they're going to be because that's the that's the biggest thing now is if you really pay attention to the schedule, the new places are going to be the places they're going to be looking to add teams at some point. And if you don't get a good turnout, you can pretty much throw it away. That like that's kind of where we're headed with this. So if they're not getting any traction from the South, the East, West, whatever the case may be, and where they're looking, the chances of your region getting someone within the next five, 10 years may be lower than other places. So this is an opportunity for Connecticut to kind of show it's more than just Fairfield. We yeah, no. lacrosse in a bigger realm here and, and going to Yale would be an awesome opportunity to present that. But I, I'm more along the lines of everyone else and believing that Harvard will be the place that they end up going. And I was looking at just capacities to Rafferty Stadium at Fairfield holds 500 more people than uh, Yale's stadium does. So could be a little deterrent there of removing 500 seats uh, for a game. But who knows? You know, I, I agree. I think Harvard is the, the spot that they'll be going simply because not the Gillette is bad. It's fun to go to. It's fun to play in an NFL stadium. You need something that's more conducive to the level of the PLL right now and where most of the other games take place, um, along with the the impact that you know the Patriots are using that facility all the time. And then on top of how the MLS season is structured currently, the New England Revolution are playing games at Gillette Stadium a ton. So it could be a scheduling conflict as well there uh, with the availability of Gillette Stadium. And you might want to, you know, get away from having to kind of tinker in. And, and that's no slight to what Gillette has provided the PLL. It's been a, uh, a staple uh, of the schedule for years since the inception of the league. So we'll see how it all plays out. But I think Harvard is the, the Ivy League spot. I think the only other question, really, for the schedule in terms of a home city is where the hell are the Redwoods going to play? Uh, nobody really has a, a true idea. Obviously, TLN put their uh, their lookbook type of situation out there a couple weeks ago and mentioned the, the San Jose Earthquake Stadium where they had the 2021 All-Star Game as a spot that could be a likely home stadium for them in 2024. Um, but I think a lot of people are wondering where the Redwoods will play because it seems like everybody else kind of has their their home stadium locked in for at least 2024. Yeah, I'm interested to see if it, my biggest thing with that is if anything changes the following year. Like mm -hmm. they go somewhere and not like it or they go somewhere and not get the turnout they want or they go somewhere and experience something or maybe there's just some places where they can try and do, you know, a couple different things. Like uh I'm trying to think like a great example is Philly. Like there are multiple places where they could go and play in Philly. Do I mm -hmm. think they're going to leave Subaru park? No, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them pop up at, at a, at a college facility in the area, or even to go over to Lincoln financial and try and do a, a big hoorah one, one time and see how many people they can get over in there. But it's just like, there are options there and some other places there are options to do different uh, facilities. So that's kind of like, We've seen that already with Salt Lake City. Like, they've done more than one facility there. Like, what are the chances that they bounce back and forth between those facilities? And uh, L.A. has 
an exuberant amount of facilities. Uh, so does Dallas. When you start thinking about colleges and, and just other things that are going on in the area, do they only switch because of how things are faring in ticket sales and, and that kind of thing? Or do they just try and hit different pockets of people and get different people in seats by going to different stadiums? I think if they have, I think big things will be past ticket sales versus what they think they can capitalize on in the future, along with if they have a great relationship with that team or college in terms of using their facility. Like we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we saw it with the Atlas, like more than likely they'll be playing at Albany, which makes a ton of sense with the connection that they have with the University of Albany. The Water Dogs playing at Subaru Park makes a ton of sense because the relationship that the PLL and the Philadelphia Union have with their front office and the higher-ups there is second to none, and that's a relationship that they will keep going for as long as time will tell. Uh, I think Chaos are going to play at the stadium that they play in in Carolina um, because that seems to be a great, healthy, working relationship there. I think Zion's Bank is... A certified lock for as long as the PLL exists for the archers um, simply because of the bubble and that relationship that they have with the Utah Sports Commission. Uh, University of Denver is almost certainly a lock uh, for the outlaws um, because they have sold that out every single year that they have gone to the University of Denver. And, you know, there's no ownership group in place so you're not going to go and play at mile high like you did when you were the original outlaws uh and the bolins were the owners so playing at a, a more conducive spot for you makes a ton of sense whips playing at hopkins makes a ton of sense as well that is a staple of the pll schedule every single year um they sell out hopkins every single year it is just it's one of those things that if you took johns hopkins off the schedule it'd be like what the hell's going on um, I have news. If John Hopkins and Baltimore are the same weekend they were last year, guess who's going? <laughs> we'll finally have our Jimmy Seafood night. I know, right? It, Which it, I saw. I saw Trevor, the boy, Trevor Baptiste, getting hooked up with a little care package from Jimmy Seafood. Hello, boys, fellas, Jimmy Seafood, please. Let's work together. Let's make something happen. I love you guys. I know you're a short drive down to Baltimore from here, a little like two-hour drive, hop, skip, and a jump, maybe a little less if there's less traffic. You're right in the backyard. Let's work together on something. Jimmy Seafood, we, we need them on board as a sponsor. They are unbelievable. I, I, I can't tell you how much i love jimmy seafood come on board boys Let, like let's let's get jimmy seafood sponsor in the pod let's make it this is my public announcement to jimmy seafood let's make it happen trev you the boy we don't ask for too many middleman things but this might be uh one of those favors we clock in so facts if you hear from the people you know what's going on Jimmy Seafood, sponsor the podcast 2024. Let's go. Let's ride. Um, 
But other than that, I think everything's kind of locked in place outside of the Redwoods and kind of just wondering where the cannons will set up shop for 2024 and then figuring out what the neutral site games will be along with the all-star game, which we all think are going to be markets that they are either going to continue to test to see if it makes sense to expand there or test out new markets like they did last year in Louisville, which was a wild success for the league and see where they can tap into you know i think uh it seems like they have a great relationship down in dallas it wouldn't surprise me if dallas is on the schedule as a neutral site game this year once again uh it wouldn't shock me if louisville gets an actual game weekend um to kind of just test it to see how it is outside of an all-star game um and then you know you have places like fairfield that are phenomenal connections for the PLL and the way that their working relationship with the university goes. Um, but I think, you know, we, we could see some interesting spots for those three weekends that will be neutral site. You know, one of them being the all-star game. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't even thought about where those, I, when it comes to the schedule, I'm just like, let me see where I'm going. Mm -hmm. let me see where i'm not going um i know for sure the one place i'm not going is a utah home game (laughs) sorry but i'm just not a fan of utah that has nothing against the archers um it's just an interesting state to spend some time in um but other than that it's like wide open and I'm, i'm just praying that baltimore is on the weekend that it was because if they move it again and it ends up being on another weekend where i coach i'm just gonna get angry because they moved it, and I had a work thing that I just had to be at. Well, we sold that work event, so I no longer have to be at it, which means I can take the weekend off to do what I want, which means if this is Baltimore, I get to go. Like That is the one thing I've been thinking about over and over since they like started putting out the teasers is, am I going to Baltimore? That just keeps like looping in my head. Am I going to go to Baltimore? Well, I, I do have, depending on scheduling, obviously, because it is a bit of a, a further trip. Um, we kind of teased this a little bit, and I'm still trying to see if she was legit or not about it. But CFO Margie said she's down to take a flight to Denver this year. I, You know I'm big. She said, I'll go to Denver. You know I'm So big. I'd say there's maybe a 50% chance OTB steps down in Denver for the first time in 2024. What 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 will Russ say? We ride? <laughs> Outlaws country. Let's ride. I'm here for it. I, I mean, we, we don't have to go with her. We can go without her. Like we well, are she's gr- saying she's down for the cost to like come for PLL. Yeah, I'm saying we're grown men. Like we don't need her to go. <laughs> no, but she it would be hilariously fun. Oh, it would be to... so much that could be We'd have a camera person, OTB Live, run it back 2.0 in Denver. And we could need, we need that. Well, that. we did make adjustments for that. So, yes. We have the, the universal I the, battery. I meant the live part. We need to redo yes. live. Bad. Real bad. Real, real bad. We wanna, that was like the test run in Columbus. So let's, let's run it back. I mean, hey, who knows? 2024 is, uh, a year of opportunity, let's say. So that's why you guys need to continue downloading, subscribing. Year of the juice. Year of the juice. <laughs> uh, 
that's all we got for you guys this week. Make sure you are following us at OTB Laxpod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. And hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, he'll be on Threads as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 and Instagram and Threads. K-B-I-Z-Z-L-E-1-1. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating and review. Goes a long way for helping us continue to do dope stuff with you guys and for you guys. Helps us potentially go to Denver if you continue to subscribe. Uh, So subscribe to the pod on Apple and Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you really want us to go to Denver, we're going to need them YouTube subscribers. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of this show every single week, every show on our network, live streams. Told you, if we get to 725 or more subscribers by the time the ball drops on New Year's Eve, OTB Radio, New Year's Day, talking about the schedule release, will happen. Uh, So subscribe. Be a friend, tell a friend. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Leave a comment down below your thoughts on everything we talked about on the episode. And, of course, if you really want us to go to Denver, get your merch. PHIapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way to support us. Get your merch. PHIapparel.co. Code UNDERGROUND. 10% off. Also, shout out to TLN. The boys at TLN. Hooked me up with a Philadelphia Barrage throwback hoodie. Shout out to Poolskis and the rest of the crew over at TLN. Uh, I've been told, Deej, that there may be a giant package coming for the whole OTB crew, me, you, and Dom. So, hey, coming to the, the Orifice, a.k.a. the crib. Um, so when that gets here, I'll let you know, and we'll, we'll see what's in the box. Well, I mean, you might as well just hold on to it. Don't even let me see. Don't even Fair. let me see. Because I'm going to be there in, a, in basically a month. Valid. A little over like a month and a half, and, and then I just put it on. I ain't even going to bring no clothes. I ain't going to bring no clothes. I was just, I'm going to put that shit on. I'm going to put that shit on right away. All right. Man, what? But this hoodie's I, fire, bro. Then I have space put that Xbox in there for you. <laughs> You're hilarious. This hoodie's sick, though. Shout out to TLN. Um, hey, it's got ten. the old MLL logo here too, which is fire. That is, and it's fire. like it's actually on the hoodie. It's not like one of those like just plastered on. It's like good quality, good color, slate blue. The, the color's fire. So shout out to TLN for the hookup with the the vintage barrage hoodie uh, for the Philly boy. And uh, this has been episode number three hundred three. Hashtag Don't trust a hoe. Don't trust me of the award-nominated, honorably mentioned, (laughs) number nine NCAA ranked, and of course, viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box Podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Deej, final episode of the year, and pretty soon, Portal Jones will be making his way back to talk college lacrosse. Yeah, I can't wait for Portal to be (laughs) back. It's around the corner. It's around the corner. It's the year of the Jews. Year of the Juice, brought to you by Portal Jones, a.k.a. Deech. Uh, But thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for subscribing, and thank you for an unbelievable 2023. We will see you in 2024, talking all things lacrosse. And, uh, oh, yeah, if you got this far in the episode, you'll hear it. Turn of the new year. 
we will have CEO of the Premier Lacrosse League, Mike Rabel, making his return to the Outside the Box podcast. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace. Peace. And that's outside the box.